Agents Podcast. This episode of the Lab Code Agents Podcast is brought to you by RedX, the complete real estate prospecting solution. RedX offers high quality lead data on expireds, for sale by owners, vacant rental property owners, pre foreclosures, and geo leads, the number one data source for neighborhood prospecting. You can also filter, organize, and call your leads inside Vortex, the all in one lead management platform free with any lead subscription. With RedX, you get more than just phone numbers. You get all the tools you need to connect with more homeowners who are actively looking to sell. RedX is offering our listeners $150 off. Just go to redx.bz forward slash LCA. That's R-E-D-X dot B-Z forward slash LCA to sign up for RedX today. When it comes to retirement, in the real estate industry, I think most of us think, well, shit, I'm going to be selling houses for the rest of my damn life. And the reality is that many of you will, or you'll just leave the industry and you'll be going and greeting people at Walmart, one of the two. That's why I was so intrigued by our guests today when I learned about them and their the book that they just wrote and what they teach to real estate professionals, which is succession planning. And they just had a book come out recently called just that succession planning for real estate agents. And what we're talking about here is setting up your business so that you can actually retire, but yet all of the fruits of your labor essentially continue to carry on. And guess what? You get paid, right? It's a novel idea, but very hard for so many to execute. And that's why I'm excited to bring on Jessica and Justin Ball, who are from my neck of the woods in Peoria, Illinois. So welcome to the show, guys. Really glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So let's start with this. Uh, obviously, I just teased the hell out of it. We know exactly what we're going to talk about today. But before we go there, let's learn a little bit about you guys. So first of all, thank you to Mike Cuevas, who, uh, who, introduced, who introduced us. And uh, but tell us about yourselves. Tell us, you know, you can each go individually here, like how you got brought up in the business, what led you to where you are today and what led you to the point, you know, to where you started doing the succession thing, which is so needed. Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. So Jessica Ball and I have been uh, licensed just under five years. Uh, prior to that, I had a 10 year career in uh, law enforcement and was a federal law enforcement officer, uh, made the jump into real estate when we started a family and I was looking for, you know, what what is my specialty going to be? How am I going to make a name for myself? Uh, and one of the things I noticed when, uh, um, and I'm with Remax Traders Unlimited out of out of Peoria. And when I started my brokerage, and I'm sure people in the audience have had this happen too. You just get that email uh, randomly that says so and so retired. Uh, if you'd like to buy some open house signs or a couple of writers, you know, go see the front desk receptionist and uh, wish them luck. There'll be a cake in the in the uh, conference room. And it's like what. Well, what just happened? Like what happened to their clients? What happened to the upcoming listings that they were probably going to have that spring? You know, that's what just happened. And uh, so I actually started asking a few people, you know, Hey, did you have any clients that were going to list soon this spring? I'd I'd love to help you out with that. Uh, And it really just started some conversations uh, with agents and we went to go research and find out, you know, there's got to be a a plan or a book on this. There's got to be a how-to guide. There's got to be something on how to transition a book of business to another agent. And we really, it just came up short in our research and couldn't find anything. And so that really kind of spurred this, uh, this journey that we're on. And that was kind of the start of it. 
Uh, and then uh, we, we formally have done uh, several succession plans with other agents. And uh, just as we were going through those, realizing the lack of information out there, we were taking notes, we were doing interviews and kind of compiling it all together and then decided to share it with everyone else because money is being left on the table. Money's being left on the table for the agents who are retiring. Money is being left on the table for agents who are trying to grow their business and uh, find clients. And money is being left on the table for the broker owners, especially because they're losing big when clients retire and those or when their agents retire and those clients are just kind of up for grabs out there for the next person that buys internet leads probably, uh, and they click on it. So before I go any further, I'll let Justin introduce himself. Yeah, awesome. So Jeff, I'm an academic by trade and by nature, so it's really common for me to write and gather information. For several years, I was Illinois' most desirable, unpaid, unlicensed <laughs> agent, maybe in the whole United States, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> claim that one. But uh, I got my real estate license and I am now a commercial agent and we are working through a succession plan uh, with the number one Remax commercial broker in the St. Louis region and one of the top uh, commercial agents in the United States. So I'm really looking forward to taking our commercial side of the business to another level through, through succession planning like Jessica has done with residential agents. I love it. I love it. So you both have been in the business. Justin, how long did you say you've been in the business? Uh, as an unlicensed professional, five years as a licensed professional, just uh, several months at this point. Interesting. So neither one of you. So obviously, obviously, Jessica, with you, law enforcement, I'm sure one of the most common, you know, you said, you, where am I going to find my niche? I'm sure that was one of them in the very beginning. But, you know, here's the deal. Most real estate professionals, five years in the business, are still really trying to figure it out, right? It, it takes a number of years. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Well, I take that back. Everybody is doing it, but most aren't doing it very well, right? And, and so it's interesting to me that you're, you're, you're only five years into the business, Justin, even less technically, and yet this is where you went, which also doesn't surprise me because it's such an antiquated industry, no offense to any of our listeners, but it's just reality, right? It's average age is in their fifties. And so people retiring is probably somewhat common, but what does retirement actually mean? How many agents are actually setting aside retirement income? Because we don't have pensions. We don't have, you know, you don't have 401ks with most of these companies. You have to do this stuff on your own. And so it's just fascinating to me that you guys figured this out so short because most agents at five years are still trying to figure out how to sell a hell of a lot of homes. So now that you're here, now that you've found this place, what does that look like for your guys's business? What does this look like? I mean, are you guys kind of vacating selling real estate and going all towards this or what does that look like? I think it's really growing the Jessica Ball team with Remax Traders Unlimited. Jessica has two other residential agents and an unlicensed uh, administrator, assistant, office manager who are, are doing amazing work in there. And I would think we hope to, to grow our business through succession planning and stay focused on real estate. We're also investors and business owners. And so prior to my getting my license, I uh, kind of cut my teeth on buying rental properties. And uh, we have a nice portfolio of some long-term uh, rentals as well. Awesome. So you just mentioned something that, that, so this isn't, you know, when you think of succession planning, I'm thinking of the agent who's wanting to retire, but this is also for the current agents 
who could potentially take over the business for the person retiring. So I'll let you guys lead this. Tell me what's just describe this, explain this to somebody who's thought to themselves, crap, I never really thought about that. Jeff, I got to, I'll, I'll start off because I got to just share some data uh, yeah. from the academic the background. The academic right here. Yeah. I, I really kind of dug deep into the National Association of Realtors profile of real estate agents. And there are 300,000 realtors in the United States over the age of 60. And while there are floods and tens of thousands of new realtors joining NAR each year, the average age of agents is going up and it's now just over 56 years old. And they do this really fascinating question on the, the realtor profile is, do you plan to be selling real estate in the next 24 months? And of, the, of all of the groups, most of them about 20% said they did not. And so that means there are 65,000 active realtors today who do not plan to be selling real estate in less than two years from now. And if you just kind of boil that down to even our home state of Illinois, where there are uh, more than 7,000 realtors over the age of 60, probably closer to 70 uh, in, a, in a lot of cases, um, we have almost 2,500 realtors who will not be selling real estate in Illinois in the next 24 months. And so the, the industry needs us to do this succession planning um, and brokerages have to be thinking about it. And, and just like you said, younger agents, growing teams and, and agents, this is a great opportunity to really gather the, the trade secrets, the sphere of influence, the business and the, the lifetime clients uh, as retirees are planning their succession plans. Yeah, so I'll talk about it from, a, from the point of view of an agent who is the successor and, and why I think it's important for agents who are looking to grow their, their business and grow their sphere to, to look into doing something like this is that one, I mean, we're all looking for how, how can we get our leads? Where can we get our business? And I realized it's literally under our noses here of the agents who are retiring. They have their giant books of business, their giant spheres. They are wanting to let go of it and know that they're going to be given to someone who they can trust uh, to take care of their sphere and their clients that they've been working with for years and years and years. And that in what young, you know, I would say newer agents into the industry, you know, they're buying zip codes and, you know, trying all the fancy stuff, spending all this money to try to get leads when you can really work out a deal with a seasoned agent who's wanting to exit the industry. And literally that agent is going to put a stamp of approval on you and say, Hey, my sphere, my family and friends, I'm working on leaving the industry. I think that, you know, when you need to list your house next week, this is what I'm going to tell you to call. You've just given it credibility and you don't have to go and fight for the conversion. And, and that has been huge as I've been building my business is I'm not having to go out there and, and spend all the money on the zip codes and, and do all those lead generation things because it's it's literally working a partnership with an agent who's leaving the industry. And that agent uh, with, with our partnerships is getting paid, you know, whether it's a year into their retirement, a couple of years into their retirement, however, we're structuring the deal. And so uh, for the agents that are retiring, I think the biggest fear that they've had from talking to them is that transition. 
you know, that, that first year, that first, cause some of them were like, Hey, I've got some stuff that's going to kick in in a year or two, or I'm going to, in a few years, I'm going to sell some of my rental investment portfolio uh, things. It's, it's just that initial transition that they're most concerned about. And that's where this really kicks in and can help with that. Uh, and I'll let you yeah. add in and jump in. Yeah. So Jeff, I think the, the core of our book is really about how do, does a agent that's thinking about retirement begin to identify a successor? Or if you are a younger growing agent, how do you sit down and have a really respectful conversation with a, an agent that's near retirement of, I really respect the work that you've done, the sphere of influence that you've built, the referral network that you have. I'd love to be a partner with you. And then we go through the mechanics and the nuts and bolts of how do you develop a contract uh, for paying out those referrals and, and structures and how we share all of the assets of a database, co-branding, co-marketing expenses. And then the, the real secret sauce of everything is how do you transfer trust in the retiree sphere of influence to their successor so that when clients call them and, and pick up the phone and find out they're not going to be working with Jim, they're going to be working with Justin today, that they really feel great about this is Jim's team member or this is Jim's successor or Jim's replacement. And I'm going to get the same continuity, quality of service, um, whatever it may be that that retiree brought to their business that was special that their sphere of influence liked. And so we talk about how to identify those things and, and kind of generationally pass them on and uh, to not let those secrets of success from really great agents um, leave the industry. So what you're saying is as the young agent, I shouldn't walk into the break room and say, hey, you look old. Let's talk <laughs> about who's going to take over your business. So I when I say, well. <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't think so. But when I say that, because I think this is probably more important actually for the younger agent. I mean, it's, it's super important for the, for the agent looking to retire. Right. But that's more logical. I think less logical is that younger agent thinking to themselves, I'm struggling. Where's a, where's an Avenue. And Justin, you just, you just broke it down. Go back, rewind, listen to those stats. Like there's opportunity all around all of us. And so, you know, I saw my question is, is what is that strategy? What are you, what do you, how do they approach it? And do they approach it with the mindset of, I have an idea and here's why I have this idea because I read this book, blah, blah, blah. What do you suggest there? I, I would say two things there. One, it, I think an, an agent probably can't come out of nowhere. They, they probably need to be present uh, and involved in their brokerage, uh, their MLS, their, their association, uh, they probably either need to show that they're there and they care about the industry and that they're involved in the longevity of the industry. Um, because that's going to be really important for the person who is retiring is, is this agent still going to be around? Uh, you know, are, are they investing in, in their future as far as being present and involved in the, the current industry here locally? Um, and I, so I think that's important. And then the, the other thing would be involving the broker owners. Um, I mean, that's one thing we've done with, with our broker owner is, hey, we're, we're doing this. If there is anyone that you think is probably nearing retirement that could be a good match for us, let us know. And, and I think that's one place where there's, there's a vested interest in that broker owner in keeping all that business in-house. And so I think that can be one of the first steps that an agent can do is just go to their broker owner and say, hey, I'm, I'm really interested in doing something like this. Do you see any potential 
relationships out there that, that I could tap into and that I could work towards and uh, doing. And I think the other thing too, maybe particularly with, with a, a very newer agent um, or even one that's been around for a while, it, it volunteering to, if they think there may be an, an agent that uh, they do see a potential opportunity with offering, hey, when, when you're on vacation, when you head to Florida for a couple of weeks this winter, I'm happy to, to help you with your business. We can work something out or, hey, I'm happy to host an open house for you things like that. And that shows an eagerness and it gives an opportunity to test the waters. Um, there's, uh, there's, there's no risk there in having someone host an open house or, or cover your, your clients for a week, very minimal risk, I would say. And it's a good way to test how they work with your clients, get feedback from your clients. Uh, and so there's, there's good ways to test that. And Jeff, I think if, if you or I or anybody went to someone who is a seasoned agent uh, in the industry and said, you know, Jeff, I really respect the work that you've done. Uh, can you tell me about how you grew your business or how you became 100% referral based? And you start to develop that relationship. And, and you honestly said to them, I would love to learn more from you. Have you ever thought about building a team or having a succession plan? I don't think anybody's going to laugh in your face and throw you out of their office. I think the worst response that we've heard from people is someone would say, you know, I'm really not ready to retire yet, or I'm planning on bringing my son or my niece or nephew in to do this, or, you know, I've, I've already committed to working with someone else in this process. But I would say a majority of the time, people, uh, experienced agents are generally flattered. And uh, it really opens the door for a great conversation. And even in the case when people have said, I have a family member, I have someone else in the, uh, the building, the brokerage, whatever it is, a lot of people we've worked with get a call two or three months later, and the conversation is, maybe my niece wasn't as interested in being a realtor or not as realistic or got a different job and not a, not a real estate license, or clearly this person that I thought was going to be my successor wasn't a great fit and isn't taking the initiative, and let's uh, kind of reopen those conversations in there. So once you get to this point, <laughs> then, you know... Is it typically the, obviously, I guess it depends on who is initiating this, uh, but in terms of structuring the pay, the comp, and, and how long, what does that look like? And I know I'm sure it's not one size fits all, but I'm sure you guys have some, you've developed some sort of a, a strategy that, that works for everyone. And so what does that look like? Or how do you advise someone on either side to, to structure this? Yeah. In the book, we, we kind of talk through first, what kind of timeline do you have? Is this, uh, I'm leaving next week and I want to make this happen and here's the keys to my office, put everything else in the dumpster when you're done? Or is this, uh, my plan is to retire in three years and I'm going to start spending three months a year in Florida or Texas or uh, wherever and, and we want to work through this. And so, again, you're, you're right. Everything is individual. We talk through in the book about three kind of structures and contracts for, for building the succession plan. So whether you are legitimately peers making and paying referrals between each other, whether you set up a formal team structure where one person is the team leader and one person is a team member, or whether you have a, a formal team as equals almost in that sense. Uh, but the, the, what we typically tend to find is the best time frame is to have a few years to make that trust transition and to expose your, your sphere of influence to your successor. 
um, for them to be introduced to some people who are critical and, and big referrers for you and uh, to do some of that co-marketing and co-branding. And then for once you formally do retire and, and um, are no longer selling to have about a three-year payout structure on those referrals. And really anybody can, can take referrals from a retiree as long as that retiree is in a referral network or within a, has an active license still, even if it's somewhere else. But I think we have some formulas where we sit down and we say, you can expect to, in referral business, do about one third of the last three years average closed business. And so we make suggestions about what your referral commission fees should be to that retired agent, if you should make a lump sum payment as a part of that plan. Or what we really have found works best is not only paying those referral fees on clients, but baking in uh, a one and two year incentive bonus. And so, uh, you know, in, in our market, given the, the average home price, uh, $5,000 is a pretty big incentive. But again, uh, we're in a, a market where the average home sale price is roughly $150,000. So uh, you're, we're all in different places geographically okay. with it. But when you bake in and, and having that contract, some production kind of bonus in there, that retiree suddenly has some skin in the game to still hand out business cards, even if it's as a referral agent or actively sit down at holidays and talk with their family about um, having their real estate needs referred over or uh, legitimately when their phone rings, not ignoring it and taking down that message and that information and passing it on to their successor right away. So when you, when you say incentive bonus, you mean like if we close X number of units or X number of volume, I give you X and that's purely to drive them to be engaged essentially. Sure. So, yeah. you know, the, there's nothing that's standard or, or typical in an area. Um, but a con, you know, we, we've talked to people in California where 40% is a referral uh, fee. And we've talked to people where 20% is a, a referral fee commission, but we may structure a contract and say, we'll, we'll give you 30% the first year for referrals, 25% the second year and 20% the third year. And if you refer 5 million worth of closed business in year one, we'll give you a $5,000 bonus. And if you refer $10 million in business between the first two years, we'll give you another five or $10,000 bonus in there. But it, it really depends. I think, you know, if, if you have someone who is a retiree who is in a really large lake community and has a firm grasp on business in that area, it's really different than someone who's a broad generalist uh, who sells a lot of different type of houses throughout an entire market like uh, Peoria, Illinois, where we're at. Do, do you find that these agents are structuring this and, and, and such that, because is it, is it like for the younger agent, they're paying the retiree on all the deals they do, or is it only specifically referred deals? And then at what point uh, is there the muddied water of, Okay, let's just say they did the succession plan, which was co-marketing. Mm -hmm. So you spent two or three years co-marketing, and then you said, we're going to do a plan that that I'm now stepping away. I still get paid. But now the, the customer came to the successor first. And then is it an honor system of whether or not there's going to be a commission paid to the retiree? Like, how does that work? Like, I could see that getting muddy. Yeah, no, and that's and that's very much where the, the trust comes in. But you're right, it can get a little confusing 
Uh, and it really depends on how you structure it and how much time you have with any of the, the co-branding and co-marketing. And so a, a great example is, is one of the ones that we did. We had a full year of uh, co-branding that we did. Now, the one thing I was worried about as an agent who already had my own sphere growing of, of my own people and everything, I, I didn't want to lose my identity as my own little team, the Jessica Ball team. Uh, doing the succession plan with this agent because I thought, why well, I don't know that I quite want to take the name of that agent and join it with mine when he's going to be out of the business in a year. And that's just going to confuse my clients and, and whatnot. So the co-branding that we did was strictly to his clients. So on all the mailers, all of those things, everything his clients saw with him had me on there as well. And so they were seeing my face, seeing my name, seeing everything we did. Um, we did some cocktail parties and, and uh, get togethers and, and some dinners where I was there. I was getting introduced to the people that he works the most frequently with um, his top referrers. And so any of those that then, you know, those, those are considered his sphere, his database. Um, so any referrals that I receive from those, those are definitely ones that we pay out of. Um, but I also have my team over here and we're doing our own, you know, the own advertising and own marketing uh, separate from that. And so it is, very much just keeping track. I think that's why having a, a CRM uh, is really important, a database where I know, hey, these names, these people here, if we get a call from here or we get someone from here, that's something we pay our, uh, our retiree for someone that came from here. Uh, and then that's also, and then anyone that, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if the retiree is, is out there uh, on the street and talking to someone and, and they refer that person to us, I mean, that, that's someone that they just brought to the door for us uh, as well. And, and so I think that having the database is, is part of the, one of the big things as well with building the trust is getting the database organized because depending on what that database could look, I mean, that database could be 10,000 names where 8,000 of those names have been, you know, leads that never responded to anything. Mm -hmm. um, and so there is a cleanup process in making the, the database that is handed over um, realistic. And at the end of those three years, the the successor takes ownership uh, of that database uh, at that point in that sphere of influence. And so part of the motivation to really keep in touch with the retirees uh, sphere of influence is knowing that you have the potential to build lifetime clients and referrals of referrals of referrals, because the contracts we structure are that those referral fee payments end after three years. Now, some people may want to do two years or they may just want to pay a cash lump sum for the book of business and and not see residual things but we've found that a lot of retirees too don't want to be getting paid everything up front in a lump sum they want it spread over a number of years for social security or for their retirement or whatever it may be and so th those are all things that are, are discussed and make these contracts individual as opposed to um, templates uh, and that sense of it. Well, and the other thing I was thinking too, as you were describing that, uh, Jessica, was that, you know, from a, the younger agent's perspective, uh, I would, you know, you know, you know, the Justin, you probably know the stats and I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it's something like 13% of, of homeowners would say they would use their agent again, but 
Only, or no, I'm sorry, 95% say they would, but only 13% do, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm thinking to myself, holy crap, I'm going to be handed, whether they're old leads or not, they probably haven't been nurtured like they should, or they were nurtured incorrectly, or they were nurtured poorly. I'm going to give them a new, I'm going to come at them from a different angle. And obviously, if I'm coming at them with this, you know, the retiree on my shoulder, which is kind of a, you know, helping endorse me, basically, that's a lot of opportunity. I mean, you know, you mentioned buying the book. That was the first thing I thought of as we started talking was that's so common in insurance. You buy a book of business, you walk away, it's over. I, I like the succession idea, the spreading it out over a number of years, co-marketing. So Jessica, I wanted to ask you, you've done this. First of all, how many times have you done it? And if you've only done it once, for example, how did you do it? Like, what was your structure? I'm curious to hear kind of the, the details on that. Yeah. So we're on our third official one right now. Nice. And the the first one we had, I would say a little over a year to do the co, co-branding. Uh, and that actually, uh, interestingly enough, that that agent had bought a book of business uh, with, with a lump sum 15, 18 years prior wow. uh, with another agent. So So the interesting thing is clients from that agent are actually now part of my sphere. Uh, and I'm nurturing them and talking with them. Nice. Uh, so that's actually, they've gone through two succession plans, wow. those clients, and they're still loyal clients because they've been given, sure. you know, the, this is who you call. <laughs> um, this is who you talk to. And so, um, and and so for a year, we did the the co-branding. All his clients were seeing my, my face, my name. Uh, we actually uh, shared an administrative assistant during that year. That was part of our plan. We shared the cost of administrative assistant. Um, she helped with the database, made sure all of the database was getting cleaned up, um, made sure we had some continuity with some, some phone numbers. And, and, and that was, that's one of the little probably tactical things is uh, what phone number are you going to use for this transition? Because your, your clients probably need to be starting to see maybe a new office phone number or something uh, early. So it's not something sudden later mm-hmm. or email address or something they need to start routing to make sure it's going to be a smooth transition. Uh, and so we, for a year did that and, and we did some um, like meet and greets with his clients and things. And it was um, I would say extremely successful in that standpoint because uh, some of his clients just call me directly now uh, because they know, Hey, this was, who I, this is who I'm supposed to be calling. Jim told me this is who I call. Or, you know, he gets him as well on his cell phone and he'll, he'll shoot me a text uh, um, or a phone call. Hey, so-and-so just reached out to me. Um, I told them you would give them a call this afternoon to set up the listing appointment. <laughs> I, I just got the, I mean, I, I'm not fighting for the conversion. I'm not fighting for any of that. I mean, their agent that they trusted for 27 years just told them that uh, he's sending out Jessica to their house. And so they're just waiting for me to show up. Awesome. Uh, and then another one was very, very quick. It was um, about two weeks. It was unplanned. Uh, it just happened to uh, the opportunity came up. Uh, it was someone literally that we were going to get the email that said so-and-so retired. And uh, if you want some open house signs, please go grab them. Um, and I was like, whoa, hold the phone, hold the phone. Uh, and uh, called her up. I said, do you have someone that you're partnering with to, to handle your leads once you, you walk away? And uh, the answer was, well, no, I hadn't really thought of that. And so I said, all right, I need a few hours. Uh, literally, they were moving out of state. I said, I need three hours minimum of literally you in a room. I need to take some notes. I need the top people you're talking to who had mentioned before they might be listing next year. 
and and went that switched over any of the listing alerts that clients were getting out of her CRM uh, and put that into mine. We did very quick couple intro phone calls, emails. Uh, it was very fast. But I would say at this point in time right now, I have two of her clients are going to be listing here soon. And I'm working about three or four of those buyers right now that were hers. And, and so the, that's clients right there that I would not have had had we not worked that transit transition. And, and right. that one really, there was really no transition. There was no co-marketing branding, none of that. And so that one was, was very fast, probably not as a, uh, you know, monetary wise, probably not as productive there because we didn't have the longevity of transferring the whole sphere. We were able to just kind of grab a few of them that were, were right there. And then the the third one that we're working on right now, I'll let I'll let Justin talk a little bit more about that. But that's the commercial one, and that one I would say is, is kind of a, a a different beast all in itself because commercial is is a different beast. Uh, and so there's a lot more, you know, when it comes to the signs. I mean, you think signs are expensive in residential? Wait till you get to commercial signs um, and and things like that. And it's just a the the sphere and the leads. It's, it's just a very different group to to work with. Um, and, and that one's going to be a, a multi-year project and plan that we're working through, um, just cause it's, it's a different, uh, arena. Before you go there, uh, on the first two, what are the terms that you worked out on both of those? Yeah, I think it was, um, and I don't have the contract in front of me, but the first one was a, a three year, um, Did that include the one year of co-marketing. Uh-uh. So no, one year co-marketing was just meshing together. Then the clock starts. For the three years. Yep. And so the way that worked, that year worked is um, I believe we split expenses when it came to some marketing material. So anything that my name was on, I shared half the cost of that, shared the cost of the administrative assistant. And then it was, a, it was, a, you know, if, if, if he was out of town or something, I jumped in and helped with those clients. And uh, I, I don't even know that necessarily I, I took any pay for helping out because I had the picture. In, mm-hmm. in plan there. And yeah. I knew I wanted to develop those relationships with those clients uh, and, and jump in there. And so it was after the, and, and it worked out nice too, because if I went on a vacation, you know, it, he was able to jump in and, and grab a few things. So there's a lot of mutual benefit to that, to, to partnering with someone during that year um, or however long it needs to be. And, but, and that, so but that year was sweet for him too, because he's making full commission and now splitting costs. So it's like, that's a really sweet way to set the table for, okay, now you're going to make less, you know, and, but he can walk away. I mean, that's, that, that takes the greed out of it, which I think is probably the, the one word that will hamper a lot of these relationships. So that's awesome. So, so carry on. Number, no, so what did you do in number two? So that was a three year. So essentially four total years together. And so then what was the second one, which happened overnight? Yeah. And I will say with the, with the contracts too, you know, there's a clause in there for, um, you know, where it says, you know, for as long as you're licensed or, cause if someone decides to drop their license, then it's, it's kind of, it's, it's over at that Legally, point. they cannot be paid now. Exactly. So if an agent doesn't go through and do their, their relicensing, um, cause both, I want to say, uh, both of them renewing their license right now. So it was all kind of contingent on them renewing their license. Um, but seeing that, Hey, I've, I've got, I've got stuff coming through the pipeline. I better renew my license. Both of them are getting their license renewed right now um, to make sure they do continue to get paid uh, through the contract. And uh, and then the the second one, that one very basic. Uh, we may have even done a year on that one um, to kind of see because 
and and now that she is going to get relicensed, you know, we'll we'll chat about that. But yeah, because that one was just thrown together. Yeah. What can we make happen here to get you some monetized, you know, your retirement, but then also me grow my sphere. So, you threw yeah. her. You threw her a curveball. How did she react when you uh, spent that three plus hours with her? Was she like, "Holy shit, I never thought of this." <laughs> I, I think grateful would be would be the word because uh, it, I think having someone that uh, and, and this isn't someone that I had never talked to before either. Sure. You know, this is someone from my brokerage that I would take the time to to chat with and to talk to. And, and so it wasn't like there was no relationship there. Um, I think, you know, relief and gratefulness that she had someone specific to call instead of just the main office number when one of her clients needed something. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's it, it definitely. And I want to get to, to commercial side, Justin, but it, it definitely shifts the mindset. Cause I think most real estate professionals are like email, somebody's retiring, sweet, free cake. You know, and you're thinking, sweet, a book of business. I mean, which is like 1 million X smarter. And I think this is going to shift the mindset of, of real estate professionals because we're an industry that is known for wanting, for always being willing to take a free drink, a free lunch, a free donut, right? And Jessica, you sounds like you just thought bigger than most of, of the industry. That's awesome. I think one of the other things too is as Jessica went through those succession plans, we really started to write components of the book are what are the assets that a real estate agent has? And so we talked a little bit about that database and some databases are nice and clean. Here's the exported comma delimited spreadsheet. Uh, some are, here's my filing cabinet that I'm going to wheel in the <laughs> office with Dolly. Uh, some are Rolodexes. Some have to be completely reconstructed through the brokerage, through transaction management to find maybe their 10-year history in there. And I think real estate agents in particular don't realize the other assets they have. Uh, if you have a specific domain name where people go that they have bookmarked and go to, to peruse houses or an app that's there or an office in a very particular visible space, really unique signs, a unique selling program or proposition, those are things that are assets that you should be transferring in the succession plan uh, for that kind of continuity. And, and it's not just the names in the database. There's you know, advertising contracts and magazines and billboards and, 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 and uh, right on down the line of, of assets that people don't really take the time to think about their value and uh, how necessary they are to support your business. It's awesome. I'll add right. that. One of the other things we've yeah. kind of done as well is, you know, one of these other kind of uh, intangible assets is uh, seats in some networking groups yeah. where agents have been in these groups for, you know, 10, 15 years. Uh, and so having the successor step into taking over that seat and that role, and that takes time too to really gain the trust of that, that referral network and that group. Uh, and so that's something that can be built into uh, the contract as well. Um, you know, if someone just paid for their seat for a year, you know, and in that group, you know, hey, I, I want my successor to be in there uh, and and taking over that that seat. And so I can get those referrals from, you know, the, the group that I've been getting referrals from for for 10 years. I at least want to continue that for at least what I paid for in that seat. And and so things like that can also be that's why it's so you know, there's kind of a, a boilerplate you could put together, but it's so specific to the market and the area and the, the agents and the people and, and uh, the kind of business that they do as well. 
Yeah. It's a good point. So Justin, tell us about the commercial deal. I'm yeah, curious sure. to hear about that. So with a, a commercial agency, it's it's not necessarily the book of business like it is with traditional residential. There is uh, really a, a broker mailing list or an, an agent mailing list for your distribution and learning to do offering memorandums and brochures and things that are branded that way. And, and so as we've gone through this, we have kind of renamed a team as a loose partnership and started to replace a number of commercial signs to do introductions into groups and corporate clients and to really begin to, with commercial, understand the specialties uh, that a person can be very honed in on, whether it's office or multifamily or ground leases, farm, land, lots, there, there's so much to it. And so really both learning the business and developing the network and then how to really leverage the name and the brand of that existing uh, retiring agent over the course of the next year that we'll work together. And then in um, subsequent years when we have that contract together. That's amazing. So let's, I mean, I think we uncovered a lot today for people. And even like the last point you made, Jessica, like getting into a BNI, for example, sometimes is not easy to do. And it's like a, a, a mass rush like to, to get there and get to stand up and, and tell, talk about yourself. And so to have that freebie essentially added to you, there's value in that, you know, maybe you can't, it's hard to put a monetary value on it, but man, it's valuable. And um, that's, that's really, really awesome. Is there anything that I didn't ask that is important to, to point out that I don't want that we don't, don't want to miss? I think there's one thing and, and, and Jeff, you kind of skirted around it, but as we've talked to agents who are retiring, and they'll say, it's just so hard for me to retire because no one can do exactly what I do or exactly how I do it. And, and this is where we get into topics about emotional fit and kind of working through those emotional challenges of setting your retirement date, holding firm to that retirement date. But then to say, you probably do a hundred things really well, but what are the four or five things that you do that your clients say, this is what Justin does really well that you need to be able to transfer those skills and habits and um, systems to your successor to make sure that your clients are getting continuity. Everybody does CMAs, everybody does showings. Not everyone does X client party. Not everyone goes and sits around the kitchen table to talk with their clients beforehand. Not everybody donates a percentage of their uh, returns to charity or has buy sell programs. And so I think a lot of times retirees get caught up in the minutia of everything instead of really thinking about what are the four or five things that are most important to me. And people really have this perception that their clients won't like their successor, or their successor won't do X as well. And what we've really seen is that people pick out those three, four, five different things and, and, train, help, prepare their successor to do those things. When people find out that the retiree is actually retiring, they're happy for them. And they continue to send them business and they say, Jeff, I'm so happy that you retired. Your, your successor, Justin, is doing these things that really meant a lot to us when we were your clients here, sitting around the kitchen table, running a spreadsheets on investment properties, uh, you know, doing showings on Sunday afternoons because that's our availability, whatever it was yeah. um, that really made that retiree's business distinct and made it unique 
and how do we transfer those along with the trust? And, and that's one of those things that builds the trust is, I know that this person will always pick up the phone and call me, or I know this person will text me once a week with a report on hits on our listing and um, number of visits or, or whatever it is in there. That's it's a good point. And that's actually a conversation that, that comes up all the time when we talk about scaling a business. Mm-hmm. And that's what holds so many people back from scaling a business is they won't do it as good as I can. And, and that's what literally holds them back and keeps them in their business for their entirety of their career. And then here we are talking about succession and they have the same objection. Yeah. And, I wouldn't believe some of the things that we hear that like, no one knows about seawalls in this late community. Like <laughs> I know about seawalls. I said, that's a transferable skill. You can educate someone right. on seawalls. This is not, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's important. It's hard. It's not in everybody's vocabulary, but it's not an unteachable yeah. aspect to begin to know about seawalls. You can't always teach empathy and you can't always teach work ethic and things like the that. Work yeah. ethic in there, but you, you find someone and then you groom that person in that sense for those things that are unique and special. I love it. And, but at, and at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have to, ha- you're going to have to open up a little bit. They're not going to be you. They're going to have some skills that you don't have and some, some, some traits that you don't have that are better uh, and maybe some that they don't, but what's the alternative? Walk away with nothing. I mean, come on, be smarter than that. That's, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I love it. And uh, the, guys, this has been awesome. So uh, do you have any closing remarks, anything that you want, you want to, the audience to, to take away? Yeah. I hope you would go check out our website. It's resuccession.com. Our book is available in print and ebook and audiobook. We've got some great free resources on our website as well. We do consulting and presentations to brokerages. If you're a broker owner who has uh, a wide variety of ages of agents that are out there, or if you are going through a succession plan and you really need someone to help you formulate your specific contract, uh, we are, are happy to provide some consultation services for that. And if you know anyone buying or selling a home in Peoria, Illinois, <laughs> we would love your referrals. Uh, also. Yep. Our team it, website is the just is a uh, Jessica ball homes.com. Jessica, say that again. Jessica ball homes.com. Love it. And if you're thinking about retiring and you're in that area, Jessica knows how to do a succession plan. So uh, she'll take over your business guys. This has been great. Uh, again, resuccession.com. the book you can find it on Amazon and probably, probably other places succession planning for real estate agents, go check that out. And at the very least, you know, just start thinking about this stuff. I mean, God, we, we just uncovered a hell of opportunity. This, this covers everybody, literally everybody in the real estate industry. And uh, I think you just opened up some doors. So it's really cool. If they want to connect with you, What's the best way to send you a message? Yeah, so uh, on uh, on Facebook, uh, we have both uh, just uh, the our business page uh, for succession planning is, is facebook.com uh, forward slash our real estate succession. Oh, I got it wrong. Justin's going <laughs> to correct me. Justin, what is it? It's facebook.com forward slash real estate succession. The best way to get a hold of us is just resuccession at gmail.com. Or you can find all of our personal numbers and emails at jessicaballhomes.com. Leave it to the data guy. 
I know. That's why I keep him around. I hired him in those, you know, four and a half years that he was an unlicensed, unfinished assistant. Right? Uh, I love it. At least, at least he brings some value now. That's just that's good. <laughs> Hello, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, definitely, definitely hope to stay in touch. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks, everybody listening. Today's podcast is brought to you by Power ISA, the industry experts in real estate ISAs. Get more appointments. Make sure your follow-up gets done on time and you get the most out of your leads. Get a great ISA for real estate on your team and watch the results roll in. Power ISA has served over 1,200 agents in the U.S. and Canada since 2015, and it's the one-stop shop for everything you need to get a great inside sales agent on your team. Whether it's setting appointments with your internet leads or making outbound prospecting calls to help you get more listings, Power ISA can get it done for you. Visit PowerISA.com forward slash LCA to get started. That's PowerISA.com forward slash LCA. Welcome Agents Podcasts.